When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There's a wonderful documentary out that you are all going to enjoy. The Last Movie Stars. It's six parts. It's from CNN Films and HBO Max. And it talks about Paul Newman and Joanne Woodward. It talks about their marriage, their kids, their careers, everything you can think about. Ethan Hawke was the director. Emily Wachtel, producer, screenwriter, and she originated and produced The Last Movie Stars, and it's getting a lot of conversation and a lot of press. So welcome to you, Emily. Thank you, thank you. And you've had a very big career doing a lot of very important documentaries, but I'm curious, with everything you've done, where did you come to Paul Newman and Joanne Woodward, were they family? Were they friends? Yes, I grew up with their daughter, Clea Newman, who is my best friend to date. Um, and we, they had three girls, we had three girls. And, you know, I, when I first met them, obviously I, at two years old, I didn't know they were actors. But, uh, I had, I, I'm, you know, my, I feel like my taste and definitely being a filmmaker is absolutely because of them. They're just wonderful people. But anyway, in 015, I had finished a film, just to answer your question. And um, I looked at my now husband and just said, is no one going to do anything about this? I didn't want their legacy to just go away. I wanted the world to still know about them. And they had done so many for so many people, not just artistically, but philanthropically and friendly, you know, friend-wise. It just seemed impossible to me that they'd be forgotten. And quite frankly, when I started, you know, it's a seven-year project, and when I started pitching, no one was interested. I started just doing it on Joanne, but it was impossible to separate them because they were together for 50 years. So you couldn't really speak about Joanne without speaking about Paul. Right. And you did it. And you know what? It is really interesting because when I first heard about this, I passed it by a lot of the kids at work. You know, everyone is very young yeah. there. Yeah. And some of them didn't even know right. who they were. You, you know, right. it was like, how could that be possible? Right. Right. You because know, they were such part of our lives. Many yeah, of us. I mean, they're part of the fabric of America. I mean, one one thing, you know, our wonderful director, Ethan Hawke, said that I I think about all the time is he said just studying him and the two years he did, it was like being in the last 50 years of America. I mean, they were at the March on Washington, you know? Mm. And uh, they were just so involved in everything. And, you know, watching and reading it's based on interviews that Paul Newman commissioned, but then he and he had wonderful Sidney Lumet, yeah. right? Pollock, 
Gore Vidal. Robert Wise, Ilya Kazan. The best. Yeah, the best of the best. And I, the, 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 the interesting thing about that was that I had started the film and there were rumors that those transcripts had been burned um, around the family because Paul just sort of dropped doing the book. And I went into the laundry room looking for something else in their house in Connecticut. And there was a locked file cabinet that I said to, to a friend I was with, I said, we, we need to get a locksmith. So we got a locksmith and opened the drawers and there were these 14,000 pages of all these interviews. So I spent the entire pandemic reading. Reading. <laughs> yeah, reading and giving them to Ethan, you know. I know, and it, and it really is all unbelievable because yeah. who knew that there was this treasure, that there were all these interviews because everyone thought that a Newman had burned them and destroyed everything. Yeah, yeah. We we thought they must. We weren't sure if they were around, but it was it was sort of folklore. I can't explain it, but it was. Are they here? Are they not here? Um, and the the guy Stuart Stern, who actually wrote Rebel Without a Cause, and and Rachel Rachel, among other things, was a dear friend of the families who I also grew up with. And it's, I feel like this is wonderful for him as well, because it never happened, and he put so much you know blood sweat and tears into it i mean it's so detailed it was but but it, regardless i spent the entire pandemic reading and it was well, a lot of look, fun. <laughs> look how much well how many pages did you 14, read 14,000 oh all in wow and for those of us watching and being involved in this who knew you know you think you know everything movie stars popular the golden age yeah. And um, we knew nothing about them and really about their relationship. And I d d didn't know even the beginnings. They met what? And um, they were cast as understudies together. In Picnic, yeah. In 1953, 53-54, they were understudies in Picnic. While Joanne was still, you know, was attending the Neighborhood Playhouse School of the Theater. And they met, and she taught him how to dance. Not to be wow. metaphorical, but they kept on dancing. And he was married with a family. He was married. He was married. That is true. That is but, true. So did the kids cooperate with you? Most of them. Most of them. Almost all of them participated. Uh, the Woodward Newman kids did. Um, and one of the daughters from his previous marriage, Stephanie, who was thrilled with it, um, participated as well. Which is great. And, yeah. Yeah, of course, you learn as you watch and hear all this that he credits Joanne with what happened to him. That, yeah. And was, did that surprise you growing up with them? No, in that household, you knew that Joanne was the star. If you hung around she there. She was, right, I in the beginning. Was, yeah, she was in the beginning. She had won an Academy Award, but, you know, when she was 26. She told us all kinds of stories when we were growing up about Marlon Brando and James D. I mean, when I think about it, it's amazing. And it, But in that household, you knew that she was the better artist. 
and uh, it was clear. And also, I don't know if you met them. I'm sure you did somewhere along your travels. Right. But he was incredibly gracious and um, charming and, and generous. And and um, there was an interview that Ethan did with Martin Scorsese where Scorsese said, you know, Paul found the opportunity in Joanne's talent to develop himself into a better artist. And I found that, rip, you know, true. And yet she had, in the beginning, the most exciting career, but she also was a mother to six kids, a job she took very seriously. And a good mother. I mean, she made us all sweaters. She sent postcards to camp. I mean, she says she was, She always, as all mothers do, she felt she wasn't good enough, but she was a wonderful mother to, to all, to many. But, you know, I was surprised when I saw and went through all this, Emily, that the children really wanted this so that their parents' whole life and legacy wouldn't be pushed away somewhere and not made what it should be. Yeah. I mean, to be perfectly honest, I'm the the biggest relief is that the, the children are really happy with it, um, the ones that participated, because... It, it, that was my big fear is that, oh, gosh, they're not going to like it, you know. And and just last week, Lissy Newman said, you know, the movie does everything we wanted it to. So in that way, you know, and it's not all. You can't have, you know, light without darkness, as Ethan always said. And, and I think a, a lot of actors have been responding to the film in a big way. I mean, uh, Hugh Jackman just did a, a thing on Instagram, a, a, ta- a video um, Ryan Reynolds is talking. I, I think it's hitting home for a lot of people. I hope it does for younger people as well. Right, but and the reality that they obviously loved each other, but they fought, they had issues like all human yeah. beings, and yeah. his, right, marriage isn't for the faint of heart. No, they were they were real people, you know? I know. And was once once you started... Was yeah. it hard to get all the material that you needed, all the interviews that played a role? Well, you know, five years into it, because you spend a lot of time when you're making a film. I had, you know, great other putting together the team, Lisa Long Adler, Adam Gibbs. You know, we had to get the editor, Barry Polterman, is a big part of it, wonderful, the music, raising money. And then Ethan, and Ethan, when he started reading the interviews, thought of it as a play because he's an actor and Mm -hmm. well, I don't know if that's why he thought of it, but he started, you know, he had a vision and he, he put together, you're talking about the other actors like Laura Linney. um, Major stars. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he started as, you know, Sam Rockwell. Um, they, They sort of just started coming together. He asked his friends and then there were other people that were friends of the Newmans as well that, that sort of, gravitated toward the project, which was very, there was a lot of goodwill behind it, Joan. I mean, I don't know how else to say it. There was so much goodwill. And I, last night I I was thinking about it and I, I, I'm sort of floored by the success because honestly, again, nobody wanted it. You know, they said, well, maybe 10 years ago. And we were very lucky that we found Ethan when we did, which was five years to it, and I was having trouble 
funny. And he had the passion and the interest. And he loved them. He, he, he Well, he, he became a student of them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he and, and Ryan Hawk, who produced alongside with him, they really gave everything. I mean, Clay and Newman and I said, we're just so happy they didn't quit because it is such a big story. Also, it was going to be a 90-minute documentary, remember. But... He felt the way that I did, which was 90 minutes on the Newmans is like a trailer. I mean, we're getting calls. I'm getting calls now saying, when's the next season? How interesting. There's so much archival material. There's so many wonderful pictures, and it's they're beautiful, really. It it could be a museum, you know, of stuff. Because they kept, Joanne was so meticulous. She kept everything, you know, from locks of hair to babies to, you know, playbills. Everything. Yeah, and she was so gifted, and it's interesting that she talks about what she gave up, despite the fact she was such a good mother and adored all the children, including his. And the yeah. kids did not seem to resent her, his, even though they had a mother. No, they were quite close with her. It was impossible, you know, if Joanne turned her sights on you, her charm on you. It was impossible. There was no one like her, really. I mean, she's still alive, so, you know, she still has that thing. I visit her. I, I'm going to visit her today, you know. How is she? She's okay. I mean, she's 92, so all things considered, you know, the loss of fall and all that, I mean, she's 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 in there. I'm, I'm actually delivering uh, the DVDs of the documentary to her house today for her because she does not have HBO Max. That's funny. I know. Yeah. But she's okay and doing well, and I take it the children are devoted to her. Yeah, of course. You know, and grandchildren who are also in the film, which is nice. Yeah. And were the kids happy with the film? They're so happy with the film, which is really to me, anyway, uh, with my relationship to them was my big concern, you know, and they, they are. They are thrilled with it, which is really nice. And and also, it's bringing the Newmans back in the conversation, you know, these great, generous, you know, talented people from before the media, you know, before Instagram and Snapchat and all that stuff who just were genuine and gave to people. You know, and I I hope that inspires others, really. I'm sure. Would you say, after all is said and done, that this series is about what could be a classic Hollywood couple, or were they unique in their holding on to each other through good and bad all those years? I I think it's a love story. A, but a real love story. I would I would call it an organic love story. That's because interesting. It's real, you know. That's interesting. Because how many years were they married? Fifty. Wow. They Forever. had their wedding anniversary party right before. I guess it was oh yeah it was oh eight right before. All passed, and yeah, so it was. They celebrated that together, which is nice, right? But it's and it's so unusual to have yeah. two 
first of all, major stars, both extraordinary performers who yeah. are married to each other, who have the six kids, and spend an inordinate amount of time with them and keeping their lives intact. I wonder if they thought that they could keep private everything that went on in their lives. You mean if... Uh, well, he kept the transcript. So I, and at one point when I was reading his, it, he did say, I have a feeling this will find the light of day. Mm-hmm. So I don't know the answer to that question, I guess. I mean, I think, I, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm thrilled that it's out there and I'm thrilled with the response. And that the children really wanted it, because yeah. a lot of times that doesn't happen. You know, they want, yeah. they don't want the laundry shown. Yeah, yeah. Well, yes. Ethan was very sensitive. You know, he's he's quite the meteor of a person, and has a seismic talent, obviously, and has tons of experience. And I think he had a sensitivity in dealing with them that made them want it all to happen, you know? We didn't know. I mean, Joan, we didn't know that it would be received like this. I mean, no one knew. I mean, Ethan even said to me in Cannes, because we went to Cannes with it, which was on, we got a standing ovation. And and he said, you know, it's interesting how you have these projects, because obviously he's had so many. And you put everything in it, and some of them hit, and some of them don't, and you don't know why. It's just, for whatever reason, the stars lined up. But I think the organic quality to their love story is touching a nerve with people. Seems yes. to be. And people who didn't even know because that was a different time. Yeah. It's absolutely eye-opening, not yeah. only about marriage and life, but about two of the great actors and movie stars. I'm talking to Emily Wachtel, who is the producer-originator of The Last Movie Stars. And it's absolutely eye-opening. So now that you're all finished with this, Emily, and it's been getting a great response, what are you working on? Well, I have a bunch of projects going, as as we all always do. But I, I we actually have a book also, because there was so much material um, that will be coming out in October, called The Extraordinary Life of an Ordinary Man, which is called biography just on him you know his childhood and Uh so there's that that's fantastic so you've got a busy whatever ahead (laughs) yes very busy and this is going strong yeah yeah it's going great guns we just were invited to rome but i have to tell you my mother is a huge fan of yours and i've listened to you my entire childhood in the car all the time she is going to be thrilled. Well, say hello to your mom, and thanks for this, The Last Movie Stars. Thank you, know, you for, so much. You know, for people who grew up with this, yeah, they were idols. Yeah. And still are. And it's yeah. sort of shocking when people say, who is that? It's like I remember in one of my first jobs, I mentioned Elizabeth Taylor and a bunch of the kids who were working there looked at me like I was crazy. Who's that? Yeah. Like, how I could mean, you not I, know that? I know. It's it's crazy. 
There was a very funny story, not a funny story, but a story about when Paul was shooting Cat on a Hot Tin Roof with Elizabeth Taylor. And the director, who was Richard Brooks, um, it made Paul go visit her, Elizabeth. And, you know, she had just lost her husband, died in the middle of shooting. He went down in a plane crash. And so poor Paul, who was super shy, went in and said, you know, I'm so sorry. It must have been his time or whatever the director told nice. him to say. Nice. She started throwing things at him and said, get oh out, get God. out. <laughs> he was like, I didn't even, he didn't even want to go. So that, there were things like that in the transcripts, you know, that were, that I would, and you would love to read, you know. No, uh, it was dozens of interviews yeah. with friends oh, yeah. and directors and, and inside stuff that no one would ever know. No, no. So, well, you did a great job, and thank, thank you, you so for much. bringing so it to happy. us. We had a super team, and I'm so thrilled I got to talk to you, and thank you, and tell everyone you know to watch The Last Movie Stars. Absolutely, and hello to your mom. We'll talk again. Okay, Okay, I'm Joan Hamburg. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.